Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number two of Genesis chapter nine. And we're going to read the first several verses, beginning in verse one. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea. Into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Even as the green herb have I given you all things. But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall ye not eat. And surely your blood of your lives will I require. At the hand of every beast will I require it, and at the hand of man. At the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, By man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man, and you be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth, and multiply therein. All right, in our last study, we were looking in verse 3 that said, Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. We saw that the word moving uh, really is uh, should be translated as creeping, It's translated that way back in Genesis 1 and other places. Every creeping thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. And by the way, here God indicates that man may eat animals, other other creatures. He may eat even creeping things. Now later... That's modified. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in the days of Israel. But for thousands of years, remember the flood occurred 6,023 years from creation. And even though there's no specific record of man eating animals uh, that I can find uh, between Genesis 3, which recorded the fall of man, and Genesis chapter 9 here, because God didn't get into specifics. Actually, we don't really read about man eating anything, as far as I can tell, except when they took of the forbidden tree. And we read in the discussion of Cain and Abel that Cain brought of the ground and and Abel brought of the firstlings of his flock, so so Abel slew an animal. We also know that God killed an animal to clothe Adam and Eve back after the fall. And that was an early picture of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, the shedding of blood in order to provide covering for spiritual nakedness, which is our sin condition. But other than occasional references to the slaying of animals, for the purpose of sacrifice, 
we we really have no record of Noah and his family or or Cain or Abel or Cain in his generations or anyone sitting down at the table and God doesn't tell us what they were eating. But we can gather that since God did slay the animal to obtain the coat to cover Adam, that animals were able to be killed after the fall and man would have been permitted to eat them. But this is the first time in Genesis 9 that we find God specifically addressing the question and letting it be known that man can eat every creeping thing and it will be meat for you. Just like herb was originally created to be meat for man, well, man can still eat herbs, he can still eat uh, produce, but he can also rightly, biblically, eat meat, food from animals. God has made this provision and given this allowance. And and so occasionally you'll find someone who insists that we're not to eat any animal, any creature, just just fruit and vegetables and things like that. Well, if someone wants to just eat fruit and vegetables, that's fine. That That's um, their option if they want to do that. But they have no basis, no biblical basis for then um, saying that someone else is wrong for eating an animal. Now, there was biblical basis, again, later on in the days of Israel, when God uh, gave divine revelation to Moses concerning the types of animals that were to be eaten. And then for a period of time of around 1500 years, again, the law was given from 1447 or somewhere within 1447 and 1407 B.C. and continued until the New Testament. Remember, Peter very Specifically, God commanded Peter to rise up and and kill and eat. Why don't we turn there in Acts chapter 10. In Acts 10, and Peter was a Jew who would have grown up, would have been raised with the dietary restrictions of the law of Moses. Certain animals you may eat, certainly you may not eat creeping things, they're abomination. Let me me just uh, quickly go to that first in Leviticus chapter 11. In Leviticus 11, it says in verse 29, These also shall be unclean unto you among the creeping things that creep upon the earth, the weasel and the mouse and the tortoise after his kind, and the ferret and the chameleon and the lizard and the snail and the mole. These are unclean to you among all that creep. Whosoever doth touch them, when they be dead, shall be unclean until the even. And then in verse 41 of the same chapter of Leviticus 11, And every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth shall be an abomination. It shall not be eaten. Whatsoever goeth upon the belly, and whatsoever goeth upon all four, or whatsoever hath more feet, among all creeping things that creep upon the earth, them ye shall not eat. 
for they are an abomination. Ye shall not make yourselves abominable with any creeping thing that creepeth, neither shall ye make yourselves unclean with them, that ye should be defiled thereby, for I am Jehovah your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So here, again, um, for the first time in history, between that 40-year period of the wilderness sojourn, God brings revelation to Moses, and Moses records it in Leviticus and also in Deuteronomy, regarding specific foods that the people of Israel are to eat and many foods they are not to eat. As the Lord indicates, they're abominable foods. They would make anyone who ate them unclean. Unclean. And it's interesting that then God says that he is your God. Sanctify yourselves and ye shall be holy for I am holy. To be holy means to be set apart. To be distinct. And so in their diet, the Jews were set apart from every other nation because none of the other nations had those kind of restrictions placed upon them. As we saw with Noah and his sons, with his family, they could eat anything. And all of the nations came from Noah. All of the people that would populate all of the countries, all of the nations of the world, they are descendants from Noah, and Noah didn't tell them that they had to not partake of any particular kind of animal. Even creeping things were fine. And so, actually, they would have gotten it from a very good source, directly from Noah, directly from the word of God given to Noah, and then handed down through the generations. Go ahead, eat whatever you want. Eat lobster, eat uh, crab, uh, these things that, that are in the sea, they have no scales or fins. That, that was one of the laws the Jews had concerning sea creatures. They could eat it if it had scales and fins. But the world had no such restrictions. And we'd have to say they, they came about that idea in a, in a right way, in a good way, because it would have been handed down from Noah from the commandment given to Noah. But the Lord, for some mysterious reason, some mysterious reason, suddenly, and in 1447 to 1407, many thousands of years of history have passed. Remember, it was 6,023 years to the flood, and that 40-year span is some 3,500 years after the flood. So, So the history of the world is approaching 10,000 years. It's in that vicinity. And for 10,000 years, practically, the world has eaten whatever it's wanted to eat. The only change coming after the fall. Prior to the fall, no animals. After the fall, any animal. And yet God made a a dramatic change. It's really a drastic change also. Eat these creatures not these. And you'll do so because I am holy 
and you are to be holy. And it did serve to set the Jews apart, to distinguish them, to make them different than the nations of the world. And it's also interesting that during the time in which these dietary laws were in place, again, sometime during the 40-year wilderness sojourn, they were instituted. They continued to the New Testament period, to the time of Peter, and we don't know exactly when Acts 10 is taking place. It's after the cross, could be several years after. Uh, I, I wasn't able to determine the time, but but from 1447 to at least 33 AD, it's around 1500 years. This is also generally the time in which the Bible was being uh, compiled, as God began it with Moses at, at that very time, giving him divine revelation. So the Lord, interestingly, has placed upon his people dietary restrictions that sets them apart from all the people of the world, and those restrictions are in place pretty much for the entire time the Bible is being written. And we know the Bible was completed towards the end of the first century A.D., around 95 A.D. We we get that from sources outside the Bible, so we can't be sure of that. But um, all reports do indicate that it was around 95 A.D. The Bible was completed a little over 1,500 years in writing. And yet a little bit before the Bible was completed, Acts 10 takes place. And, and now we'll turn to Acts chapter 10. And it says in Acts 10, beginning in verse 9, On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Now we can see why he says that. Because Leviticus says, You eat this abominable thing, this this creeping critter, and you will be unclean. And And so Peter was well instructed as a Jew in this matter. It's one of the things that set the Jews apart as Jews, as compared to the Gentiles. You can be sure that the Jews would have been very much aware that their neighbors would go to the sea and whatever came up, that would be dinner. And they would eat anything. And the Jews could have, of course, 
taken a superior attitude about that and sort of upturned their nose and and thought more highly of themselves because they had a specific diet. They wouldn't just eat any abominable thing, any creeping thing. No, they 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 had um, very particular tastes. Of course, it was God who determined those tastes, but still they felt in keeping these laws regarding the food they ate, it was a matter of holiness. God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. So it was a holy thing. It, it was a holy matter to make sure that you followed the law of Moses regarding what you had for dinner. And and if you you ate something else, well, that would have been unholy, unclean. And, and so that's why Peter says uh, in verse 14, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Very serious matter to every Jew. And he was a fisherman. It, it wasn't like he was a Pharisee. He, he uh, as far as we know, was was not involved in religious service of any kind. That would have been... Uh, for the the sons of Levi and and the priesthood and and the Pharisees or the Sadducees, you know, the, let them deal with religion. He was just a plain old regular Jew who had a simple occupation of a fisherman, and and so we can see uh, just how important it was to the people uh, to all the Jews that they not eat unclean animals. Well, then it says in verse 15, And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius, had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And then explanation is given that the unclean animals had to do with the Gentiles. They they represented the Gentiles. And God was making a change in program in which he was going to, uh, actually it's already underway, but he was going to send forth the gospel into the nations of the world. The word nations is Gentiles. He was going to send the gospel to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews, and they would become saved, those that were God's elect among them, in the identical way that the Jews were saved. Through the hearing of the word of God, there was no difference. The Lord was emphasizing when he, he told Peter to rise, kill, and eat, there is no difference now, no distinction between Jew and Gentile. Because God was finished with the nation of Israel, they had served their purpose in producing the fruit that was the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as being very instrumental as God uh, used them to pen the scriptures. And so Christ had come. Uh, he he was 
the first of the first fruits and had demonstrated the things he needed to demonstrate and so forth. And very shortly, the Bible would be completed. And so the reason or the purpose for sanctifying Israel, for causing Israel to be different and set apart from the nations of the world, had elapsed. The purpose for it had already been fulfilled. There was no further reason for God to deal exclusively with the nation of Israel. As a matter of fact, the veil of the temple was written twain, and they were no longer God's holy people. Now he would establish the churches and congregations of the world, and his people would be taken from out of all the nations of the Gentiles. And so the change in diet was used to illustrate a change in doctrine. And from this point on in Acts 10, when uh, Peter rises and eats, God made a change in the law. And we can see, again, it's very interesting how God has operated throughout history concerning food. Early on, for a short period of time, no animals were to be eaten. Then, after the fall of man into sin, animals could be eaten, any kind of animal, all the way until 1447 through 1407. Anyone could eat any animal at all. All the people of God would eat any animal, just as the rest of the world that were not the people of God. But then the Lord set apart specific laws for Israel that were in place for about 1,500 years. And now in the first century A.D., he's changing the law and at the same time changing a major doctrine regarding Gentiles. Gentiles could come in. That's what the ambassadors from Cornelius, the the messengers Cornelius, who was a Roman, a Gentile, sent. And then Peter would go with him. He, he would not keep his distance. He would not separate from those Gentiles because of the vision that he received. And and so he did go to Cornelius' house. He saw the Holy Spirit fall upon them as it had upon the Jews at an earlier time. And he realized that God has um, a program of salvation for all people of all nations. So that's an important thing. Now, back in Genesis 9, at this early stage of the second earth, 6,024 years from the creation, at this point, there is no corporate body, there is no nation of Israel, there is no New Testament church, God is dealing with individuals, and he's dealing with individuals of one family, Noah's family. They will repopulate the earth. They they will fill the world with their descendants. And therefore, there is no reason, no cause for the Lord to establish any sort of laws concerning what man can eat and cannot eat. Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. 
You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.